I didn't. I did not put my pussy into that one. (laughs) (laughs) Cut that out, Mom. (laughs) Sorry, Mom. (laughs) You've caught us at the end of like a three hour. I'm wrapped up. And we finally were just like, I'm wrapped up in my heated blanket. No, it's not a blanket. It's a heated pad. Little pad, yeah. We're on one today. How are you, Sierra? (laughs) Oh my god, my AirPods just died. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. I said, you know, I'm here. I'm surviving. Oh, Bear's yelling at the door, too. (laughs) Everything's burning. Everything's on fire. But my skin looks fantastic in this lighting. I look like a tomato. (laughs) Hello, ma'am. Hi. Hi, stinky butt. Come here. Did you bring me some pipe cleaners? Oh. So that's our Bear Bear update. She's been a successful hunter. A bear update. She had a g- oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm crying. Had a good Thanksgiving break. She had a lot of turkey. She good, was good, not good. that mean to Baxter. I love that. Right, baby, you weren't that mean. And she ate a lot of grass. Good for her. Good for her. How are you doing, Haley? I'm all right. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I was saying, like, how are you doing? I'm all right. I'm immediately bursting into laughter. <laughs> like, it's the funniest fucking joke. Oh, boy. I have a lot going on right now. Mm-hmm. And my body hates me. Oh, bear. Can you get off the computer? Because you're clicking things. One time, Bear made an assignment for Henrik's class on accident. (laughs) It was like, period, Q, 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 R. (laughs) You love love the computer. Bear, Bear. You love the computer. Well, we were just... We're gonna record a little intro for the second part of our Mothman story. Since, um, as I mentioned last time, we recorded that thinking it was going to be one episode, and then it was like two hours long. So we were like, mm, maybe two episodes, maybe. But we needed to record a little intro for it, and then three hours later, here we are recording the little intro. Oh boy. <laughs> So, a little recap of what happened. Um, we introduced the Mothman. I I like that. Um, so this is a six to eight foot being with large wings. I want a big boy. Big boy. Again, Mothman, if you're out there, hit me up. Um. (laughs) She is single and ready to mingle with Mothman. (laughs) Only Mothman. Only Mothman. 
So yeah, giant wings that he doesn't need to flap to fly. And big red eyes. My heart's pitter-pattering right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just... <laughs> oh, that's a cute look. Thanks. Why don't we ever um, have our videos on? I think because you used to have bad Wi-Fi. I did used to have bad Wi-Fi. But it we doesn't seem to be a now. problem now. Yeah. We should have them on because I feel like I'll get less distracted by things around me. <laughs> As I'm like playing with the pipe cleaner. <laughs> I know, like, really? You think so? Um, so yeah, we talked about some of the occurrences. There was also UFO sightings, poltergeist-like activity. We had it all. It was, UFOs, yeah. red eyes, big boys. The men in black. The men in black. Uh, we learned that Haley hates the Welsh. I forgot about that. I do. <laughs> um, and so this next part of the episode is it gets a little bit more serious. And I I, I think I say that. Um, so have your laughs now at this intro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You tell me to stop laughing. At a you tell you, I'm like, Haley, you need to stop joking because it, it gets serious. But I yeah, was told so this that... week to not be funny during a presentation. <laughs> like as a pre-warning, they were like, you can't, like, this one's not a jokey I presentation. I hate that. And I was like, okay. I love putting well, jokes in my presentation. there's two types of people in this world. The ones who entertain and the ones who observe. And you seem like an observer. Not me, Facts. though. There's only two. Types of people in the world, world, the ones that entertain. And the, the bear is still just like right here at the corner of my laptop, laying on it. She's so close to it. What are you doing? As I'm like, there's only two. She's so used to this. I observe. This is why she's good at being a party cat because I just am so loud. You're a one man party. Time that she's like, oh well, just another Tuesday. Aren't you? You're so cute. Why are you so dusty? What'd you get into? <laughs> What'd you get into? Um. So yeah, so I enjoy. <laughs> this gets more serious now. So I need you to be serious. Can you be oh, serious, God. Haley? I'm gonna, I'm gonna just mute myself for the next few minutes. So I'm just kidding. That's why I'm telling you it gets more serious. Okay, I'm serious. I'm serious. Okay. So the other thing that happened on December 15th, 1967. So this is exactly 13 months after the sighting of um, the two couples. Um, so it was a Friday evening and many people were out, had been out doing some Christmas shopping from a larger town across the Ohio River. Suddenly, the bridge gave way and an estimated 31 cars and trucks crashed into the icy waters below. That's not fun. 64 people went into the river, and 46 of them died with two people never being found. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was found that a single eye bar... Um, which was 50 feet long in diameter, had fractured, causing a pin that was holding it in place to fall out. And oddly enough, this was the 13th eye bar on the bridge. 
Oh, for 13 months. Mm-hmm. So people say that the bridge shook violently before giving way, but that otherwise this was a fairly unexpected event. And if you remember, one of the premonitions that Marcella had was gifts floating in a river and people screaming. Shut up! I forgot about that! Yeah. Because I was like, um... What on earth? Why would there be? <gasps> That's crazy, Mothman! Yeah. Stop. Yeah. And so some people claim that they saw the Mothman all that night, flying over the bridge. But after that time, Mothman was never seen in Point Pleasant again. Oh my! However, that does not end the odd occurrences. So, a week after the bridge collapse, Mary said that another man in a black suit came into her office. She stated that he had... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I said it's... I was just going to say it's always the men in the black suit. The men suits. in black. Mm-hmm. She said he had high cheekbones, strange eyes, and another strange-sounding accent or possible speech impediment. It's the goddamn Welsh. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> He apparently asked to know about UFO sightings, and she handed him some articles, but he said that wasn't good enough. He wanted her to take him to the locations where the events occurred. She, however, refused, and he eventually left. That same night, several people had experienced a man who also came to their houses looking for information about the Mothman or UFO sightings. He made those people feel very uneasy and many of them called the police but the police never caught him um okay so some people think maybe this was the mothman in a human disguise can he do that i mean i guess like i can't make the rules for him i didn't know he was he was creepy like that you know so there are a couple of theories one theory is that he's like an interdimensional shapeshifter or an alien that can have kind of like a human-like disguise. And one of the reasons for this theory is partially because of Indrid Cold. Have you heard of Indrid Cold before? No. Okay. So Indrid Cold is also known as the Grinning Man. Oh, I don't like it already. Wait, uh, they think he could be the same dude? Yeah. I mean, so, I don't know. <laughs> the way I'm already like, no. So injured cold was a mysterious man believed to be connected to the Mothman. He's called the Grinning Man because he usually appears with a large smile on his face. He is also said to be connected just generally to UFOs and men in black. So on November 2nd, 1966, Woodrow Durenberger was driving to his home near Parkersburg, West Virginia, when he saw a strange craft. He described it as looking like, quote, an old-fashioned kerosene lamp chimney, flaring at both ends, narrowing down at the small neck, and then enlarging at a great bulge in the center. Hmm? So kind of like a bulge in the center and then kind of some, like, a narrow sort of, like, almost like pipes on either end of it, if that makes sense. Slay. 
he said that the craft came to rest before him and out came a man with a large grin. The man had a dark tan and walked up to Durenberger and telepathically told him that he was injured cold and that he meant no harm. Telepathically. I wish I could talk to people telepathically. I'd be like, you're stinky, 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 stinky. (laughs) So you mean you wish you could talk to Bear telepathically (laughs) if you like stop pissing in my sock drawer? (laughs) He said that Indri Cold said that he just wanted to learn more about the human race and that Cold said that he was from the planet Lanulos. From (laughs) Okay, me when I make things up. (laughs) The galaxy of Ganymedes. Indrid was described as wearing a Ganymedes. Ganymedes. I might be. I might be mispronouncing. Is that is like a real thing? G E N E M. First alien planet from another galaxy discovered. (gasps) It is. It is real. No, it's not. No, I don't know. Oh, okay. These boots are made for walking. And that's just what they'll do. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. So Woodrow described Indrid Cold as being six feet tall, looking like a normal human with slicked back hair, having a dark complexion and a large grin on his face. He also said that he was wearing a blue suit that seemed to be slightly reflective but otherwise looked fairly normal. However, this is not the only sighting of Indrid around the Mothman. So the Lily family, who said that they were plagued with mo- with poltergeist activity during the bout of Mothman sightings in 1966 to 1967, also claimed to have a possible experience with Indrid cold. So one of their daughters reportedly woke up and saw him standing in her room after she woke up. She said, quote, it was a man, a big man, very broad. I couldn't see his face very well, but I could see that he was grinning at me. Sorry, I will stop. (laughs) Ew, grinning. It's it's always the Welshman. It's always the Welshman grinning in your rooms. Like, you know what I mean? (sighs) Okay. Quote, it was a man, a big man, very broad. I couldn't see his face very well, but I could see that he was grinning at me. He walked around the bed and stood right over me. I screamed and hid under the covers. When I looked again, he was gone. Why are you so obsessed with me? Boy, I wanna know. Lying that you're sexing me. So here's where we get to theories. And... I have the realistic theories, and then I have the paranormal theories. And, and I put the realistic truth. in quotes. I good because yeah. we know the truth. In fact, here let me let me show you what my notes look like. But don't you can't. Oh, you disabled screen sharing. I didn't disable it. I just never enabled it. Don't put hate on my name. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the so way I was can- like. <laughs> Can you see it? Wait, what am I looking at? The, un- the unhappy face? Yeah, <laughs> I have the unhappy face for, quote, realistic. Realistic. 
I've started sending <laughs> reacting to messages on my Slack with like the most random things. Like someone asked me to do something today and I replied with a dodo bird. <laughs> and I can And how did stop. they respond? They were like, okay, I guess. <laughs> like, thanks. Okay, so anyway, theories. So the first theory is that it was mass hysteria. I hate mass hysteria. <laughs> Continue. Period. No. Go off. I won't. <laughs> I've said what I said. And I meant it. So a lot of people think, you know, this was during the Cold War. There were a lot of UFO sightings in other parts of the country. Hearing that and the stress of the Cold War, it just kind of created this kind of like very tense situation where, you know, some people said they saw something and other people just kind of jumped onto it. And the more and more people joined, the more and more people were willing to jump onto it. Hmm. And I mean, that's that's like the theory. There isn't too much to go off of. Um, I mean, there have been cases or other cases that have been linked to like kind of this idea of mass hysteria. So I don't know if you know of like the dancing plague. Obviously. Obviously. Okay. I know of the dancing. For those that don't know, basically it was a plague that happened in France where people just started dancing to the point where like they danced so much that like people died. Yeah. Like more than one. Yeah. And like they just said, like, we can't stop dancing. We can't stop dancing. And so there's been people wondering, like, kind of what was happening. Like, why did this dancing occur? And a lot of people think, you know, there was this drought in the area. Times were very tough. This was like medieval Europe. I want to say the 14th or 15th century. And so, you know, this was just a case of mass hysteria that. People were already stressed. One person started doing it. And then it led to this, like, you know, very real thing that just happened because of, like, kind of this bubbling of stress. Uh, similar also, like, people say similar things about the Salem witch trials, that there was, like, just this mass hysteria of, you know, people claiming that others were witches. So like that's that's one theory. I, I don't know. I've just always had beef with mass hysteria. Yeah. I do. And I, I will not elaborate. <laughs> I do feel like it's a little bit of a hand wavy. Like, it was mass hysteria. No, exactly. Like, they're just like, well, well, this is what it looks like. Yeah. Um. So, another theory is that it wasn't a Mothman. It was just a really big bird. Okay. So some <laughs> folks say that it was possibly a large owl or a sandhill crane. The Mason County Sheriff commented that he believed that the sightings were just due to a large heron. Um, that has two inch diameter eyes. <laughs> yeah. Joel Nickel, who is a paranormal investigator who actually went to go investigate the Mothman sightings, says that he claimed or that he believes what happened was people were seeing a barred owl and that 
when they were seeing these glowing eyes, what they were actually seeing was the eye shine of the owl, which is red when you reflect light at like a certain angle at these owls eyes. Um, okay. However, they're not six feet tall. Yeah, I was gonna say, and like also reflected at a certain angle. So everyone was just looking at this thing at the right certain angle. Yeah, but I, I do get that he's like, I mean, it does have red eyes, and that could be a little unnerving to people. And it waits for people. <laughs> yeah. And it gives um, them premonitions. Yes. Another theory is that it was a misidentified sandhill crane. Um, and that's because the bird is usually around six feet tall and can have a wingspan of around 10 feet. So it fits those descriptions. Uh, the sandhill crane also has sort of like a red kind of like tinge around its eyes. So if you look at it, it could kind of look like it has red eyes. What's the owl's name again? A barred owl. Barred owl. Um. Oh, can I hear what it sounds like? Ooh, oh, ooh, 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 ooh. No, that's not giving squeak. <laughs> okay barred owl red eyes Ooh, okay you're right sometimes oh like this guy <laughs> here wait let me see what are you seeing show me what look, you're seeing i'm sorry i'm screen sharing now <laughs> yeah that's a little creepy like ladies and gentlemen her <laughs> yeah okay so not the most implausible thing but it doesn't explain everything. No. Like, I get where he's going with this. So yeah, Joel Nickel thought that it was a barred owl. Other people often say that they think it is a sandhill crane. Um, primarily because this is a large bird. And it has kind of this, like, reddish coloring around its eyes, even though it doesn't have the eye shine. But they uh, said, like, circles. I don't know. I don't. I would believe the owl more than the sandhill crane. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing with the sandhill crane is that this is very much off the path of their migration, like patterns. Mm -hmm. So it, it would be a little odd to see a sandhill crane in this area at that time. Mm -hmm. The last theory is that it was just a guy who jumped out and scared people in a Halloween costume. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you like that one? I do. <laughs> so now we get into more kind of paranormal conspiracy. Paranormal? I was hoping you would just let that go. <laughs> <laughs> Have I ever once in my goddamn life let shit go? No. So yeah, paranormal. There we go. And conspiracy. Uh, so one of these is a forgotten government experiment or pollution. I love forgotten government experiments because it's so funny <laughs> to me. You're telling me that the government's got like all of this shit and they're just going to let a fucking huge ass bird man free. I mean, we were just talking about <laughs> living on base and stuff like that. <laughs> I want you to think about all the crazy shit that happened there. Fair enough. 
So this goes back to the TNT area where people had often seen the Mothman or lights. So it was called the TNT area by locals. Um, However, it was once 8,000 acre area where the government built multiple factories to build explosives for World War II. So it was built in 1942. It employed most of the town. And apparently it was meant to be very secretive. So people would get on a bus with blacked out windows. They would drive them to the facility and then drive them back. Wait, huh? So it was supposed to be secretive, like where it was, but then obviously when the facility got shut down, like people knew where it was. Yeah, people were like, we know. Yeah. (laughs) The facility was designed to make 720,000 pounds of TNT per 24-hour period and operated seven days a week and had three shifts a day. Yeah. Uh, The day that the bomb was dropped on Hiroshima, the factory just apparently shut down. Laid everyone off, closed the doors. Whoa. Yeah. So there are still several concrete bunkers that dot the area. And again, the site was abandoned after the war. It's now part of McClintic Wildlife Area. However, in the 1981, there was a red water seep that was discovered. And so this red water is the result of a water cellite mixture. And cellite is used in the process of making explosives and is a known carcinogen and toxin. So further investigation found that there were large amounts of hazardous chemicals that had contaminated the area where the operations had occurred and had not been properly disposed of. Contaminants included nitroaromatics, TNT, DNT, acids, heavy metals, and other waste products. Um, cleanup was focused in 1983, and the area was determined to be clean in 1997. However, many locals claim that there are still explosives or toxic chemicals in the area. So yeah, several locals say, no, there is still nasty shit over there. It's a terrible place to be in. And some locals even claim that the hazardous chemicals that leaked out have caused problems within the environment, specifically mutations among the birds. Some people say that maybe this gave rise to the Mothman, these mutations. However, and specifically, they say that maybe there's radioactive waste that they don't know about that led to this. Um, However, one reporter said that a lot of this idea of there being uh, radioactive waste there was sort of a retroactive assignment after the sightings of the Mothman. Hmm. But yeah, Just so thinking. some people think maybe it was these toxic chemicals. Other people claim that, you know, in addition to manufacturing explosives, there were government experiments going on here. But that's really kind of that for that theory. Obviously, the government says no, they were just making TNT. They also say we've cleaned it up, but the locals or many local people do not believe this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it would like, 
affect the birds that bad, though. <laughs> to make them six feet tall and have yeah. the shape of a man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, like, kind of crazy. It's kind of a wild progression. <laughs> you might be wondering how I got here. My life, kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Other people claim that this is due to a curse. And so I'm going to say, number one, this is claimed to be a curse set upon the land by a Native American chief, which can be a little problematic, you know, saying like, oh, they cursed this land. And so that's why this happened. Um, but yeah. I did want to like at least sort of tell this side of the story and also disprove this as well. So specifically, people say that... Ooh. Oh, what? Amber Alert, sorry. Oh. So specifically, people say that it was Chief Cornstalk um, of the Shawnee people, or Hukulesqua. Uh, He was the chief of the Shawnee people from the 19... or from the 1760s to the 1770s. They fought, or his uh, people fought the colonial troops at one point in 1774, but after the battle, he decided he wanted to try to make peace because he feared that his people would not fare well in long-term battle against the colonists. He tried to make peace and at one point went to Fort Randolph, which is now where modern-day Point Pleasant is, um, in October 1777. However, um, upon arriving, he was quickly held prisoner. Then on November 10th, a soldier from the fort was killed while outside the walls of the fort, and the people within the fort believed that it was because of the Native Americans. And so in retaliation, they decided to kill Hukulesqua uh, and the other prisoners. Mm. And it is said that with his dying breath, he cursed the town. However, this is very much thought to be an embellishment. And it actually was shown that this really only came up, this idea of a curse, only came up in a play that was put on by uh, some people in the town in like more of the like 1880s so just want to put it out there terrible things did happen to the native population in this area but they did not curse this land i feel like it's always like a little silly when we're like it's a native american curse like one as if we didn't do shitty things yeah and like two let's not blame them now okay yeah yeah period so i did want to bring that out there because there were a lot of articles that said oh the land is cursed the land is cursed it's like no it wasn't we just did something bad and then we tried to make it a spooky story yeah we like um, felt bad about it so we were like how can we make this seem like we weren't the bad guy yeah can we make us the victims again other theories again are that the mothman is some sort of interdimensional being um, or a shapeshifter or an alien with the UFOs and stuff like that. People think, you know, he's not really of this world. Other people think that maybe it is an angel or a demon. And he is trying to warn people of upcoming disaster. Either that or he's causing disasters. I My truth is he's warning us. How sweet. 
That's what I like to think too. Um, so outside of Point Pleasant, there have actually been some other sightings of beings that are similar to the Mothman. So in 1976, there was a sighting of a winged hem- humanoid in Cornwall, England. Um, <gasps> except they did not call it the Mothman. They called him the Owl Man. Whales. In your whales. It's all coming together. I'm wondering why you gasped. Because I'm I'm in the main like I've hacked into the, I'm out of the main. We, we've already got cheetahs and Mothman with the chirping. I mean, honestly, someone got- should pay me. <laughs> uh, it also is said that a similar creature was seen in Chernobyl days before the nuclear power plant disaster. They claimed that a winged creature flew above the town and even would land upon the plant. Oh. Um, You know what? Birds are made by the government anyway, so... (laughs) Birds aren't real. Birds are not real. It's also stated that a winged humanoid was seen in Moscow before the 1999 Russian apartment bombings. Others also claim seeing a winged humanoid days before 9-11 or even in the smoke of the Twin Towers. Oh. In 2007, people claimed to see a winged humanoid that appeared upon the I-35 West Bridge. And a month later, this bridge collapsed and 13 people died. Oh. I don't like this. <laughs> in 2016, someone reported that they had taken a picture of the Mothman. Um, however, the photo could not be verified. And oddly enough, in 2017, there were over 20 reports of a winged humanoid between April 7th and July 29th in Chicago. But it was always at night and always by a body of water. Uh-huh. So just some other kind of weird, not Once nearly again. as big as the main story in Point Pleasant. But don't trust birds. That's, yeah, that's the takeaway. Don't trust birds. Yeah. So some aftermath of this is obviously we had the Mothman Prophecies that was written by John Peel in 1975 and made into a movie, um, which made this whole kind of story much more popular um it also really hyped up the theory that the mothman was an omen of doom point pleasant also decided to kind of embrace this local lore and so in 2002 they started the annual mothman festival and so this is held every third weekend in september and on average there are 10 to 12,000 people attending the mothman festival I think it's funny how people are so drawn to this. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a little bit more to this as well. But at the festival, you can see guest speakers, vendors. There is a Mothman pancake eating contest. And there's also a hayride to local notable areas. The town has also has a 12 foot tall metal statue of the creature uh, built by Bob Roach in 2003 and the mothman museum which was opened in 2005 
And so a lot of people nowadays in the town claim that they are not real believers, but they appreciate that how the legend has helped the town. And it's reported that close to $2 million comes into the town on the festival weekend because of Mothman. So $2 million in that weekend. That's a lot of money for silly little owl boy. (laughs) Um, Another interesting thing is that Mothman is kind of a queer icon. Fuck yeah, Mothman. (laughs) And so there are a couple different articles on this, but a lot of people say, you know, LGBTQ individuals have started to take back you know, either scary things or cryptids because in their mind, they've already been sort of vilified and misunderstood. So we're taking back things that are vilified and misunderstood and making them our own. One man who wrote an article, John Brammer, quoted that, where I'm from, a small town in the middle of nowhere, the gay man was the boogeyman. He was constantly waiting to prey upon the hapless straits in locker rooms or salivating at the prospects of converting them to the gay dark side. He then also also said that queer people are used to being vilified and attacked and misunderstood. So some of us like to embrace villains like the Babadook and the Mothman because we recognize ourselves in them. The Babadook! So true! (laughs) Um, Additionally, many villains in movies are queer-coded, such as Ursula, who was um, in The Little Mermaid and was based off a drag queen. Oh, Another quote that that was brought up in a different article, and it was originally a Tumblr quote, says that queer people finally fed up with being called villains decide to reclaim cryptids as their own. It's a delicious subversion of rhetoric that has historically been used against us. And so because of this, the people in the town of Point Pleasant has said that the adoption of Mothman as a queer icon has led to an influx of more LGBTQ visitors which has caused people in the town to sort of confront their own beliefs and leading to a greater acceptance of the LGBTQ LGBTQ (laughs) community. I got lost there. I got lost there in the letters. But has led to a greater acceptance of this community in what would normally be a more conservative area and has led to a larger tie of queer communities and Appalachia folklore. That's that's just another fun fact. Yeah, pop off. Pop off, Mothman. And that is the end of my story. I... Sorry it was so long. Do not apologize. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I love that they have... And do you have any notes from when you visited? Um, It was amazing. And I loved it. And I need to go back during the festival. Um, The Village Inn pizza was great. I did get the Mothman pizza. <laughs> It was incredible. Highly recommend. Uh, The Mothman Museum, also very fun. Um, And also, it's just like, it's a cool area. Um, There's a lot of cool things outside of, like, sort of Mothman lore uh, that's around the area. So, I I don't know. Like, I really enjoyed my visit there. I really would honestly like to go back. Slay. So, yeah, that is the story of the Mothman and Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Love him. Love mm. what he's done with the, the place. Yeah. <laughs> Other than the maybe killing people. Maybe. You know, we're we're not 
100% sure. Yeah. <laughs> and my truth is he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Innocent until proven guilty, right? Exactly. That's the American way. It is. And I really do believe that. <laughs> well, thank you for the story and yeah. for being patient with me not ever having my shit together. That is totally fine, because that gave me a reason to just research all of this. <laughs> so true. Well, if you would like to reach out to us, um, you can do so at our Gmail, which is... What, Mystery, Mystery Mount- Mountain Podcast at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. <laughs> um, if you're the Mothman, hit me up. Oh! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And oh, you know, you got the Nantanok. I'll take the Mothman. True, I do. <laughs> so you you can't really be that judgmental. You can also check us out on our Twitter, which is at Mystery MTN Pod. Make sure to rate and subscribe. And yeah, anything else? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Haley. You're welcome. Um, and we'll see you next time on Mystery Mountain. Bye. I mean, goodbye, sir. I that's not Welsh. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>